0: In 2016, I started this journey to finding out what goes on behind the music recorded and released by Australian singer-songwriters. I quickly learnt of the struggles faced by many in this competitive industry. With the launch of LEDofficial.com, I started supporting Aussie talent in promoting their music. It wasn't easy. The only guarantee I could offer my clients was that I would get the word out to media sources about their upcoming release. Some picked up community radio interviews, others gigs in live music venues. Many have told me they feel like a human jukebox When performing live, because the public seem more interested in hearing songs that they know rather than something new. Four years later, I'm here with an independent insight into what happens behind the scenes. This
1: is Behind the Music with LED.
0: Welcome to this, the second episode of Behind the Music with LED. Today I'm having a chat with B.C. Taylor, an author, an actor, and an Australian singer songwriter. A little bit later in the podcast, You'll also be hearing from The Biz with Jono, bringing you some great insider information into what's happening in the Australian pop scene. If you've got a question for any of my guests, or maybe you'd like to suggest a guest, all you have to do is drop me an email to hello at ledofficial.com. But I'm not going to keep you waiting. Let's get straight into my chat with BC Taylor. Ben, it's great to finally have you here for this second episode of Behind the Music. Uh,
2: Hello, yes. Thank you for having me on thank you for the opportunity
0: i get asked regularly how do i discover new talent and i found you by checking out amraps air it how do people find you and your music
2: uh, well still very early days with discovering all the stuff i do but yeah it's the usual channels at the moment social media uh word of mouth you know just kind of Talking to people and they ask you what you do, and you say music or writing or whatever else. But yeah, MRAP's Air was actually a big one. I didn't know much about it. Someone told me, Oh, check out community radio, and I didn't know much about it, so I just went for a search, had a Google. And I just kind of uploaded all the stuff I had at the start of the year. And you get, like, reports, like, every month or second month. And it came back and there'd been a whole list of broadcasters that had chosen my tunes. And it was like, okay, wow, these people are hearing this. That wouldn't usually hear it because there's very few followers and there's just not much exposure at the moment.
0: So how important is a platform like Airit?
2: So, yeah, Airit is so useful because it creates those connections on social media when, when the broadcaster posts that they've chosen you and just having it so easily able to upload online and be all over the country and knowing that because broadcasters are essentially music fans they're going to pick what you know they like like that's, It's going to be their taste, otherwise they're not going to put it on, on their show because they don't have any really external pressure like the bigger radio stations or like, like the mainstream ones. The only things they're going to pick are the things they like or that fit that certain show. So I think Air It's been just as valuable to me in terms of exposure than, than definitely the, the social media stuff and even like the word of mouth. Especially at like at the start of everything. Yeah, I'd say it's probably been the most the most valuable resource.
0: Bessie's Message was your most recent release, but how long have you been on this journey with music?
2: Yeah, Bessie's Message was one of the more recent ones. I'd say probably doing this about a year and a half, two years. But probably since about November things have been really where I've been happy like happy with the output and, and just feeling a lot more comfortable with it. Like the way, I don't know, the way I need to do things is to just do it and go out and do it which can result in like sometimes things not being where they need to be and you, you need to go back and fix it and just keep working on it. Whereas other people take so long to prepare and, and think over things and they doubt so much I just stalls them sometimes I th- well there's pros and cons to each approach but I'm, I'm way too impatient and and wanting to work that I just kind of do it and and get out there and do it so it's yeah it's been like a couple of years but since November things have really started to find their feet and it's really giving more of a, a reflection of what I can actually do in regards to like lyrics and and music and like writing little songs on the guitar yeah, the two, two, three years maybe. Um, it started off just with an acoustic guitar, just kind of writing little songs, and then, oh, okay, I need to get a microphone now and record these, and then you record them, and then you're like, oh, okay, <laughs> I can't record anything at home because it's going to sound terrible, and then you think, I thought, oh, acoustic guitar, mm, it's a bit bare on its own, like isn't it? It's a time and place but it needs to be something more than that. That was my thought process anyway. Maybe it doesn't. So it started with that, little stuff like that, and then I found the programs on the computer where I could use beats and loops and and compositions that I could do on the computer that can add to a song. And then I eventually started writing songs that way, like you start off with a beat or you find a nice chord loop or something, and you click and drag and, and let it play out, and then the song builds from there. So now there's two, it developed into two different ways of of making the music, which is started with the skeleton, which is the acoustic or the electric guitar or the keys, and then take it in to the studio and build around it. Or come in with a bit more flesh on the bones, which is what I do predominantly, and take it into the studio with a producer and then he mixes and we record in there so it sounds a lot better and professional. And then that's your final product, really. But I mean, just, just hearing everything that's gone into it kind of makes more sense to me in my head how it's, it's been such a winding road, <laughs> as McCartney said, long and winding to get to this point. And now, like I said, since the end of last year, it's getting really exciting.
0: Now there's more to you than music. Tell me about your writing and if there's any link between being an author and your songwriting.
2: Uh, yeah, I do write as well. And actually with, with the shutdowns that have happened because of all the virus, it's it's given me a chance to really start thinking about publishing all that physically, getting it out into stores and available online. So the isolation was a bit of a blessing in that sense, really. But I mean, when, when I started writing, I mean, as a kid, my childhood had a lot of books. And it's just, I don't know, one day I would have been reading a book, I'm sure, and just thought, okay, my turn, I'm going to have a go at that. Then it just started, probably started with little poems and then lyrical kind of stuff and then got a bit older and was like, okay now it's time, it's time for a novel now, pull your finger out. And then once that started, it was like an avalanche, like double shot coffee in the morning, 2000 words before 10.30am and some more in the afternoon. And it just developed into like, before I started publishing the novels recently, of which I think there's going to be like four by the end of the year. There's like, before that, there was like a dozen or so unpublished novels just sitting in an archive on my computer, (laughs) just gathering cyber dust. (laughs) And then there, there was always poetry as well, which, I mean, just kind of eases into the lyricism of music pretty easily. Words and lyrics have never been an issue with all that stuff. I can either write the lyrics beforehand and then make the music to fit that or i can get the composition and then just fit words to that so i'm lucky in that sense because i don't really have to think too much about lyrics because that's like it's just years and years of writing in my back pocket i know exactly what a me kind of sentence is and how to approach different personas and visions and and tones and all that kind of stuff but the link Actually, the link between writing and music in the middle and still, but it's just so much harder to get opportunities for yourself, is acting. So it was writing first, and then in my early-ish 20s, went to the acting schools and studied all that stuff. I'm probably most qualified in terms of study in acting than either of the other two, which is kind of weird because I spend so much more time on the other two because I can, at home, just keep working on it. So that that was the link, so there was writing and then there was acting and then some time after that I just stopped ignoring that little voice in my head that kept saying music, music, music. And I think when those two, it's like a, it's like a strange triad, there's writing and acting and then when they join, it's music. They converge. Each of them informs the other. So the freedom of acting kind of feeds into writing or writing well. Writing and acting are necessary for the music, I think, performance and also the literary base for lyrics, etc. But you need rhythm when you act and you need to be somewhat in your head to know where you're going. So music and writing then converge on acting. It's like a... (laughs) Strange, very strange mental triangle, but that's definitely the link. It was like the bridge. It was writing and then acting and then into music.
0: With so many creative talents, who or what inspires you to create?
2: I think I create really because I have to. (laughs) It's like, there's just a lot going on in my head at different times. Imagine a young kid who would go out and play footy in the morning and then come home and write a long poem about something or like a young man goes out and get his head gets his head slapped around a boxing and comes home and writes a a love song or whatever there's a lot of different contradictions and and things bubbling away that just need to manifest and come out otherwise i mean who knows (laughs) it'll just build and build and build and build but i'm very lucky that i have All the talents that i do and can get stuff out whether it's music or or writing or performing something so there's definitely that need there to get rid of it all and also like a definitely an ambitious drive to get the most out of my life and the life my parents have been able to give me it's yeah it's it's a need of like a very personal emotional mental spiritual thing but also i certainly feel it it, as a need to to give back to make the most of the opportunities that i've been given and make something of myself and leave leave a whole lot behind because i do certainly have gifts that a lot of people don't have like i can i can write i can make music i can perform and i think it'd be such a waste not to absolutely push for every little single every, every little single bit and just drain, drain it all out, which is very tiring. By Friday nights, usually I'm absolutely drained. I mean, the, the batteries usually recharge overnight and then it's just, just get going again. As for as for in- influences, I think seeing people like Dylan, obviously making so much of poetry, so, so accessible to the masses. For, for a quiet kid sitting in his bedroom writing things like poems, you see that and you just think, okay, yeah, it's possible. It's certainly possible. And then there's like, definitely I think the biggest influences were the Beatles and Bowie, David Bowie. Just the way they they didn't sit in the same pocket for too long. They they bounced around between styles and forms, different colours, different voices. Always trying to to find something new. And I certainly relate to that. That when the, when I make things, I can't make this even close to the same song twice it's got to be something like almost completely different it's got to be a different story or a different take on something there's i think it's um there's a poem by an old poet i think his name is john don or john dunn and one of the lines i think is no man is an island i mean it doesn't have to be a man it can be a woman but those are the times i suppose and that just makes so much sense we're not None of us are alone, none of us are only one thing. We should be pushing and reaching and and diving in and out to find all these different stories, all these different things we can be saying. Because we're only here for the time that we're here and when we go, I mean, what do we leave behind? That's certainly something that drives me is what do you want to leave behind? And I suppose the answer to that is, I just answered it before as much as I can possibly but also to, to tell as many different stories, tell as much of the human experience as I can with the talents that I have. And there's also that explorative thing, like I said, about, about the Beatles and Bowie, and I'm sure many, many more, but they're only the ones that come to me right now. Just reaching and, and poking into different places and trying to find something else, trying to find a truth somewhere else. Someone told me once, If I was born in another time, I'd be like a a sailor or an explorer or something. And I just thought it was ridiculous when they said it. I thought, yeah, they must be having a laugh or something. Um, But the more I go along, the more I realize there's there's something to that. Because it is a discovery thing. It's like a... Let me see how much I actually do have inside me. Let me see how far I can go from center without going too far from center. Because you need... I mean. There's something cool to songs that wind on forever and have a million different changes, but there's something to be said for the immediacy of like a pop structure: first chorus, verse, whatever, verse, chorus, whatever order doesn't really matter. But I like to hold on to that structure, give the the listener something to to anchor themselves to, and then just go in whatever direction. Like there's rock songs. songs hybrid weird i don't even know songs hip-hop songs like it's just and that's what it is that discovery thing looking and searching and and just trying to get all that crazy passion out in a productive way and tell the stories my story via other stories because we aren't islands at all we're all connected And one of the, I suppose, maybe the only shining light of social media is that we realise that we are so much closer than we've ever been before in the history of the world and I think it's a perfect time to then, for artists, try and reach out as far as you can, try and take from so many different things and just put it into your form into the way you create and i think that i think people are going to look back on this time leading leading on into history and see so many so much breaking down of borders and norms and all the certain way things are shaped it's all i think it's a this is going to be the start of when it all kind of falls away and blends into different into the same not the same but things that aren't as recognisable as they were and I think that kind of informs what I do a bit too I, I mean its it might be like a, a mirrored commentary of our time that what I do or what, I, what needs to come out of me is that The breaking down of of things and like, oh you can't do this song and that song, you can't do that and that as well, you can't, what are you putting that, what are you putting a ukulele with a sub bass for, it's, I don't know, we're, we're very very lucky to be alive right now and be creating because there are just so many endless opportunities and with opportunities there's always going to be people looking for them.
0: Are you able
2: to share what else is planned for the rest of this year? <laughs> that that question actually hurts a little bit. Um, I had so much planned for this year before everything shut down, necessarily, of course. I mean, you need to keep it in perspective. The people have lost so much more, so I don't want to go on about that too much. But to answer the question... There, there was. I had a tour planned, Sydney and Brisbane, two dates, had the supports in place, everything was good to go. I went to see the venue about, I think within days of going to see the venue, um, everything closed down. We had acoustic shows up and down the coast that we had to pull as well. So that that was that's what the year would have looked like. Now it's see. I'm not sure what the like what the crowds or what the show situation is going to be. So the rest of the this year, it might be. I mean, if we can play shows, of course we're going to go into them. But if not, it's it's just going to be more of the just releasing just getting the weight of content behind me so when people do discover you or come across you they, they go oh there's there's stuff here it's not one song released every year and a half to fit a certain trend or timing or something like that um which actually I actually just oh, there's no <laughs> there's no way I could do that the the prolonged releasing I mean if someone came to me and explained like why it works actually I'm sure it works but it just clashes with like me wanting to work and and have output all the time so I think yeah I think the rest of this year will be putting stuff out building just building that base trying to pick up fans and followers and people to listen along the way and there's yeah there's certainly go- certainly going to be books published more books on the shelves available online um we we'll spend some more time in the studio getting some more content looking for other opportunities like this one which is great so, yeah if we if we can play shows we're gonna play shows there'll be more releases more books um I mean in the very near future probably before this airs there's going to be an unplugged EP out which I'm pretty excited for we had like a like like a a half day or so left in the studio and I just thought let's just give the acoustic stuff a go just get in there and um, try and replic- replicate what it would be in, in like a cafe or a, or a club or pub setting so we went in there and I was, <laughs> I was heaps nervous like there's no there's no bells and whistles now this is you on your own <laughs> don't don't mess it up but, I mean, we only, needed, we only needed one take for each of them, so it really was like a perfect replication of a live performance, it, including creaky floorboards and a little bit of background noise too, botched chords, it's all there. And it's, yeah, it's really cool. It's really honest and raw. I think it could be one of the most favourite things I've done. Only because... That's just what I like listening to. It's just... Cut away all the bullshit. Just give it to me. I want to hear it. Your story. And it's really, really well... Really well and and subtly produced... By Tim. Tim Carr. At One Flight Up... Recording Studio in St. Peter's in Sydney I owe those guys a lot him and Nick I'm very grateful um, and yeah that that's the EP coming in the near future apart from that we're just going to keep going finding different ways keep digging until something catches hold
0: Ben thanks for the chat
2: oh uh, yeah thank you so much for having me on that. Any opportunity like this is I'm very grateful for. So thank you very much.
1: Hey Ellie, it's Jono here from The Biz with Jono. Congratulations on a new show and I'm very grateful to be a part of it. I am going to bring you and your listeners some what's hot right now tracks and artists. Uh, A top three perhaps, if you will. And uh, the first out of the gate is the one and only... Taylor Sheridan, who's a singer-songwriter from rural Victoria, describes his music as soulfully acoustic, with influences varying from Stevie Wonder all the way to James Taylor. Uh, we think this is quite fresh, and uh, and it, you know it evolves every time he uh, brings out a new track. His new track, actually, when the demons come, is out right now to download across all great platforms. And, uh, and an acoustic version is also out. It's doing some great things on independent radio charts and in the charts in mainstream. And we think that the listeners will think this is hot. Let me know what you think. The next artist, Ellie, that I would like to highlight to everybody is, and there is really something for everybody uh, in this segment, is the one and only Andy Penkow, who is a country Americana rock and blues singer-songwriter with a unique sound and it has been described he's got a chocolate smooth but powerful voice steeped in honesty. And I can handle my heart to say that I've experienced this firsthand. and uh, Andy is such a talented performer and if I get this right, he's actually up for a nomination at the moment for best male in the independent country or independent Australian country music awards. So uh, Andy's new single is out right now And it's called Chasing the Sun. And we believe that you're going to love this. So please get over and support Andy Penkow. His song is on all platforms and available to download right now. And that's called Chasing the Sun. Ellie, the third and final artist of the week in my little Hot or Not section, I believe is very hot. She's got an alternative indie sound. She is the one and only Emmy Seacrest And she is out of Los Angeles in California. She has worked with Christina Aguilera, Kanye West, Macy Gray and many, many more. She's an artist in her own right and she has a really big personality and a massive voice. Her daily affirmations on her social media are so positive and I just love following her and her journey as an artist She is a good friend of mine, and her name is Emmy Seacrest. Her new track is called No Turning Back, and it is so uplifting and joyful. We think you're going to love this, so give that a go. And Emmy's also got a new uh, album out called Yellow, and the the title song from that is also called Yellow. So please follow Emmy Seacrest. Check her out. She's got a sensational voice, and I was... uh, Witnessed to her, you know, singing on stage with Christina, you know, right there with her. And then she was doing regular Sunday sermons with Kanye West and she's even appeared on the Steve Harvey show. She is a real trooper and a real artist in this profession that we think you're going to love. Check out Emmy Seacrest now and No Turning Back is available to download on all great platforms. Thanks for having me, Ellie. I will see you next time with some Hot or Not tracks. And I've been Jono, and you can follow me on my social media handle, The Biz with double Z with Jono double N, and I'll see you next time. Thanks, Ellie. Got a question for industry? Send it through
2: to hello at ledofficial.com. This is Behind the Music with LED.